welcome to the second edition of the Still Cool Sports on a Sunday podcast. This is Liz, and I'm here with... Share with Remy. We're going to go with Remy this week. We have no other names. We have names, but we'll stick with the the story. We'll stick with... Okay, we'll stick with Remy. This is our second episode. We are, you know, the first one is up. Uh, Still Cool Sports. We are here to talk about sports mostly sports. yeah we i mean we <laughs> are in the, uh we are in the i guess final four for ncaa elite eight. Elite, eight. elite eight there we go where am i going so far ahead elite eight yeah i think i think we're up to the elite eight now um i, I believe your winner winning team is out bama did you pick bama i've had bama and i had ucla what are the odds of those two teams being out, but one thing I did have to want to say it's it's the NCAA seeding and the way that they pick ranking teams doesn't really justify when sixteen beats a one because the the team's records are very much the same and they don't play the yeah. same teams. Yeah. So a lot of these 16 seeds and 8 seed teams are actually really, really good, but we never see them play because the games aren't televised. Right. Right. And then it comes to the tournament, you watch them kick kick a team's ass. And you're like, well, what the hell's going on? It's, you it's, have, I mean, yeah, you have currently San Diego State and Creighton are playing, and Creighton's up. I mean, who knows if that's going to last? It's the first half, but. You know, normally, yeah, yeah. Normally, it's uh, yeah. It's it's been this has been different. I mean, nobody that I know could tell you what's actually been going on right now in this. I, yeah, I I I I, I sort and Creighton beat print. Well, they beat Princeton. Fine. Yeah. Miami, Texas. Maybe Texas is going to be the the winners. I don't know. Where's the Where's the lower half of the bracket here? I I like. Oh, F- who is FAU? I don't even know that. Okay, team. so this is the team that I was looking for. I was just looking for this. Okay, so oh, FAU. UConn. UConn beat, wow, they killed Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a three and a four seed, so fine. Yeah, see, it's not that bad. So, okay, so this FAU, because they beat Kansas State, which I didn't think they were going to do. Who is so F- FAU has this player on their team. And I want to get his name right, so that's why I'm trying to find his name right. Florida Atlantic, and they're a Division One team. Who FAU? Yeah. 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 What is it with these Florida weird random Florida schools? Because in the Division Two, I randomly turned on basketball yesterday, and they on you know CBS, excuse me, CBS, they were showing the Division Two championship, and it was like Florida. Eastern, southeastern, something, and they were playing a wet, like West Virginia Liberty. I'm like, I do not know these schools at all. <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 they have to start showing these schools and these teams now. Yeah, and like you know, there was a guy from Ohio on the Florida team, the Florida southeastern team. He's from Bayview, Ohio. I was like, oh, hometown kid. Uh, yeah. But so I don't know the player's name, so forgive me. But he's played for um at the U, and he was so basically he's like short. They're comparing it to Muggsy Bowes. 
but he had like on Friday or Thursday, he scored like 19 points and had like, or 20 points and had like 19 assists. He's had like some double digit assist games all through the tournament. And watching him play, there's one point where he walks up the court with the ball. He sees, he look, he's looking at his coach and he's kind of like, it looks like they're arguing about the play to call. And he yeah. just throws the ball and throws the alley-oop. Like it's a play that they run where, so the team set, yeah. so the defense starts looking like the coach, him and the coach are arguing. They're not paying attention. And meanwhile, they're running an alley-oop play. And everybody in the NBA is talking about this kid. And I was just like, man, his draft stock is about to go so high. Right, of course. Just because of his play here, which normally happens. But ultimately, is he like he's going to get to the NBA and is height going to be an issue for him? Right? Because while you're in college, it's not that big of an issue. I mean, how how tall is he? Not even six foot, is he like? I don't even think he's six foot. Because I could say if you're six foot, six one, okay. Like, because I think Donovan Mitchell is like. Donovan Mitchell's like six three, six four, six five. No, no, no. Lies. Um, Come on, man. Come on. I looked this up. How tall is Donovan Mitchell? (laughs) He is. Give me Donovan Mitchell's height. I need to know. I mean, Why are you showing me in meters? Yes, it's because <laughs> your uh, your Google thinks that you're in a um, six one. He is. Six I was one. right. Six one point two five. That's okay. Yeah. Six one with his shoes on. He's six two. Right. He's he gets some lifts in those shoes. See, yeah, the thing is, like I. I like those point. I like point guard, like like um, Marquise Noel is the name of the point guard that plays for the Wildcats, FAU Wildcats. So, but um, I like guards that are that height because I feel like they their game is tailored towards helping their team win. They're not really trying to like shoot every shot, or they can't really. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't. Because you're too small. Right. So, like, this is the thing. You don't have, if you're, if to me, depending on the team you're on, and if you're a guard that's a little on the shorter side, for NBA standards, it's not terrible. Um, it, But how short is too short in the NBA? Yeah. Well, this guy's five foot eight inches. Oh, that's short. Yeah, he's like Muggsy Bowes. I, I mean, five eleven, maybe. It's like my dad. Like, so my dad used to play basketball in high school, mm-hmm. and would lie and say he was five nine. He's not five nine. I don't think in his ever in his life he's been five nine. He was maybe maybe five eight in shoes, um, five seven and a half on a good day. Um, but yeah, like uh, high school is one thing. You know, college is one thing. But um, once you start to get into the NBA, it's you know, it's a dip. five five eight is pretty yeah. small. I think like it's. I mean, when you're going up against seven footers. Yeah, in the college game, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more spaced out. There's way more time on the shot clock. 
So like the game is like so different. But what was I think what stood out about his game is like for the whole game, top to bottom, it was all played with his pace, right? Like he controlled the game, and that that's something. Like you- every NBA, every NBA team wants a player to come in and control the pace for them, right? So because- if you can do it, I mean, you know, hey, maybe I I do think the NBA the the type of player that can be successful in the game is changing a little bit. Like you're seeing some of the younger players, like a mix of like these kind of like the, like a Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell that are a little bit shorter and kind of like almost stocky. But then you're also seeing these sort of like skinny guys, like these sort of like almost like twigs, like, like a John Morant or a Pascal Siakam that are kind of like, They've put on, they've gotten a little bit of muscle, but they're sort of these like lanky twiggy guys, I guess is the best way I would describe them. So you're, I don't know. They're, I feel like some of the players physicality is a little bit different than it was 20 years ago. I don't know if I'm, if you would agree with that, but that's. Yeah. I think like, because you're not, you're not building your team. A five normal teams back in the day would be like, we're gonna get a big center. Yeah, you're not like, built from around from that end, right? So like not as many Shacks, not as many Dwight Howards. Like you're not. Right, there needs to be a Shack though. Like I would love to see someone coming to a league. big slow guy. Well, Shaq wasn't <laughs> slow, but he was. He was real fast, but he was big. So like that's a lot of weight you got to push <laughs> down the court, man. But old Shack. So like Shaq's first two when Shaq was in Orlando. Oh, Those years, he wasn't he wasn't as big. So he's a little bit more agile. He moved yeah. a little bit. He was like the size of like a like how Giannis was, but taller. Right? It's when he yeah. got to LA, is when he put on more so much more muscle because mm-hmm. he didn't have to do anything else but sit down in the Kobe in the did all the work. Kobe ran around, throw me the ball. That's it. You guys want to score? Anytime on a basket, throw me the ball. There you go. Shaq's one of my favorite players. Only because he, like, I love when a player comes into the league and all the other players that are supposed to be the superstars pale into comparison to the player. So I loved Shaq when Shaq did that. Like what he, like, kind of does to the league. Yeah. So, like, every center in the league was just garbage. He's dunking on all of them. Those (laughs) four, right? But, like. When they have to guard him, they can't do nothing. It's just like a basket. Same with LeBron. When LeBron came in the league, all the small forwards, you're going to get scored on. He's scoring 25 to 38 points on you, and you just hope that you can stop him from scoring the ones that beat you. (laughs) And I think, like, I don't think – well, when Jordan came in the league, he didn't get to really do that. He was scoring on everybody, but he wasn't winning at the beginning, right? Right, right. He didn't. Yeah, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, those guys, Clyde Drexler, those guys had their winner. They're winning, right? So it was. It's, it's interesting. I don't think, like in the league now, you can't do that, right? Because if you have a superstar at one position, every team has a defensive player that's athletic enough to stop them from scoring. Not going to stop them all the time, but. It's not as easy. That's why those guys that are skinny like Siakam and those guys yeah. could score because they could slither through what your defense is trying to do. 
there, there's a different, like I've noticed, yeah, like I've noticed, and I noticed this in the NFL too, in football, is you're seeing like not necessarily smaller guys, but more athletically fit guys, especially like on the defensive line in the NFL. And but, I yeah. noticed this the past, like, you know, in sort of five to 10 years. And I'm like, these guys are not, when I was a kid, these like big, just linebackers, the defensive, uh, like tackles and stuff, like they're like they can fast. Move. They can yes. move. And they're fast and they're athletic. Yeah. And I see yeah. that like too in the NBA, you're looking, they're looking for guys that are like quick and like these sort of, you know, so. The NBA, yeah, the NBA game is getting so quick. Yeah. That the refs are making so much mistakes, and everybody's like, "Yo, how could these refs be making well, so much mistakes?" Yeah, we'll get back to the NCAA, but let's <laughs> talk about because this happened in the Cavs Nets game. Mm-hmm. I watched, um, and my brother was actually at one of those games in Brooklyn. He was at the wrong one, the Tuesday night game where Donovan Mitchell had a very nice dunk, but the Cavs won handedly. The Thursday night game, there was some controversy. Uh, because talking about a ref mistake where basically they, the Cavs won in the last minute of the game on a free throw, Donovan Mitchell bricked his second free throw attempt. They were down by one that would have tied the game. They go in for the rebound. They eventually the Nets fumble the rebound Karis LeVert gets it, passes it to Isaac Okoro. He scores a three. They win the game, right? So, like, but the whole thing is about lane violations. And the refs definitely are not calling lane violations on on any player in the last two minutes of the game on any foul attempt. No, they're trying to go home. Yeah, like, they're like, "Eh, let's just get this game over with. Um, But there's definitely a lot of calls that are... there's calls being made that are like, what the hell? And then there's calls being missed. So so here's my, here's my, my worry in the NBA is that there's not enough to hold the refs accountable to calling a fair game from tip to end. Well, during the game, but here's the thing during the game, you, you know, they're still in the moment. And so they still have to make the calls in the moment and you can't, stop the game every play to do a to review every play but every fan and the nba can go back and rewatch the games in high definition from multiple camera angles and everyone can armchair referee the game after the fact yeah yeah of you course know and, every mistake that they yeah. made because you can slow the game down on video and watch oh. it so that's why that's so I, I like when the refs put out that last two minute report because that two minute report is to throttle people at home rewinding it and watching it and calling out the play. They call out, to say, Yeah, we missed these plays. Right. If you look at them in full speed, it's hard, it's hard to call a LeBron James foul because you he's too big. You could hit him and he could still finish. And, that makes it tough. And they don't want to stop, like, there's a mix of maintaining the momentum of the game and stopping it just enough. Like, what are you going to do? The last two minutes are going to already take like 20 minutes. So yeah, and I think, I think they run into a little bit of an issue and this is my, my issue with the refs is you're going to miss calls. Everybody knows that. Right. Right. Some of the calls you're going to make are going to stop the momentum from other teams. Teams can understand that. Right. 
I think the problem that they run into is you missed the call. You can't expect that player to not blow a gasket if you miss the call. Oh, yeah, they're going to get right. So, and that's part of the uh, game is to kick him out of the game based on him angry that you missed the call. (laughs) Are are you talking about a specific situation here? Well, Fred has been good. He hasn't been on a technical since he lost all that money. But I watched the game. He just had another kid. He's got to. He's got to save for those college funds. He said, "Chump change. Masai pays those already. That's chump change. MLS <laughs> they'll pay those because it worked. So that same ref got demoted. He's right. not the first ref anymore. He's not the third ref. He's not allowed to 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 run the refereeing thing because I think personally." Yes, the NBA fined Fred Van Vliet, but because... He was right. When Fred said that, you know, the media starts to go to all the point guard and players and be like, hey, you heard about Fred Van Vliet's comments. They're trying to ring her up to see what's going on. And all the players are like, I ain't saying shit, but Fred is... That, that's right. It is what it is. He's right. Right. So the NBA has to do their due diligence and go check. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's there's definitely a a... a like commenting on like the refereeing and those press conferences and stuff does something for the player. It's part of the game. That's why they're going to say it. Like they're going to like point stuff out so that it gets addressed in a way. Like I think about this, I mean, Donovan Mitchell also say what you want, but he complained about some of the refereeing and like things kind of changed for the Cavs because they were getting beat up a lot in, you know, and I think some of that, started getting called a bit more. He also, this is, you know, if we go back to like everything that was going on with Memphis and, you know, he had the issue with like Dylan Brooks and he kind of said like, well, our beef goes way back. And like it, it kind of started bringing up a lot more of, okay, what's going on with this Memphis team. And then you, all this stuff starts happening with John Morant and like all of this stuff. And now it's getting addressed. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think sometimes there's a little bit of like, even though they might say stuff in the moment, I think there's a little bit of a like, if I'm going to say stuff, it it means something. Why is gonna, the meeting going to end in 10 minutes? Yeah. So like, yeah. I, and I think I'm watching the game yesterday with, um, it was Atlanta was playing. Who did they play? Damn. Okay. Oh, the Heat. I think the Heat or the Bulls. One of those two teams. Those are two I, will, I will look. I could be even wrong. I could be even worse and not remember the team because I was so I turned it off after this happened. Was this a bad okay? Oh, they're playing the Pacers. Oh, the Pacers. I, I wanted I, I wanted the Pacers to lose anyway, so I'm happy Atlanta won because right. I need them to not give the Raptors any trouble. They need room to lose a couple of games here. But <laughs> the problem that I had was there was a foul call on Trey Young, or something was called offensive foul. He didn't agree with the call. Mm. He had the ball, and he had like he's walking towards the bench with the ball, and he has thrown the like a like a like a hard chest pass at the ref, right? But he's throwing it because he's throwing it like he's oh. he's walking off, so he turns and just throws the pass, and then like and then just waves his hand, and they kicked him off the game. Double technical and out of the game. Oh, he's out of the game. Yeah, of course. But he, he didn't. Throw, he didn't. Throw, it, you could see that it wasn't the intent to hit the ref. Like he's like he's walking he away. Wasn't paying attention. 
he was he's kind of like threw it like that like you know whatever oh but again i'm saying like the play stopped it's a timeout i see these guys talk to refs so hard and heavy when they're standing still and the rest for their part listen to them and kind of give them their thing for well, it yeah yeah it's part of their job so i don't understand why because but you're throwing a I'm kind of if, I'm kind of with the technical on that one. If he would have dropped the ball on the floor, he would have got the same technical. Right? Because he would have been like, oh, you just dropped the ball disrespectfully on the floor. Or if you just said, oh, fuck it, and just let go of the ball. I mean, I, yeah, I don't mind a little bit of attitude. Like, I think they could let let a lot, a little bit of that go. go. But, like, throwing the ball, like, I don't know. Even if it's like, oh, I didn't intend to, like. And he was far enough away. Like Trey Young's at half court. He's at the other end of the basket. So he's got <laughs> he's got to he's got to throw the ball. He can't just he really threw it. He was not happy. If he would have if he would have just chucked it and it would have rolled a little bit away from the ref, they could have called a delay a game. Yeah, morning, right. So it's like the refs have all these like things in their back pocket that they could do, and they know that it disrupts the entire game. Right. So so like, does it get back to hey? so much gambling in the nba do these refs play over under why wouldn't they wow. why wouldn't you just be like i'm gonna start this game call your wife be like listen man these teams ain't scoring over 230 points put down a thousand dollars on 230 i have the ability with my colleagues here to make just muddle this game up and slow it down if i need to without anybody knowing i mean Hey, that's a risk. That's a huge risk. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's a huge risk. If I were the NBA, what I would do, what you have to make sure you do is you have to make sure you pay your refs enough that it incentivizes them to not do shit like that. And you should see if you go back, if you have this checks and balances where you guys go back and look at these calls. Yeah. There should be a merit system with these refs. Like, hey, listen, guys, yeah. if yeah. we're noticing that you guys are making bad calls, yeah. we're going to pull you off of games or we're going to fine you for bad yeah. calls. We have to find the players for bad communication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's you guys should get something. Yeah, there should be well, accountability. How, how long before, this is the question, and this is for all NCAA, NBA, other sports. I mean, how long before we're just fully AI on the refereeing and M? umping and everything it's the day that i stopped watching i like bad calls listen some bad calls work in the favor of the team my my brother he hates he hates like the replays he he doesn't think anything should be like just like so, he he watches a lot of um football you know premier league and and all yeah. that and he hates the like oh, because theirs is the worst yeah there's like mud, muddles up the whole game yeah, he hates it, and he's just like, yeah. "No, it shouldn't happen." And like, See, I agree with, um, out of bounds calls. I agree yeah, you with have to call that. I mean, that's I agree like, with like checking out of bounds calls, especially in the last two minutes. I agree with like, um, you know, some foul calls are tough for me because they're bang bang. Anyways, these guys' bodies are always touching each other, going for a layup. You can call a foul every single time. You you have to like there's a greed like having like when I played soccer, like and you know, they always one thing to note, um, they always call women's sports harder, like t- tighter than men's sports. Like 
like a woman, like when I was in high school, like if we cursed on the field, they would like throw up red card, you know, cards for us. But the guys, they could run their mouths and like no one would say anything, right? The guys could push each other, do a whole lot more than we could ever get away with. Um, so that that's a whole, that's a whole, we could do a whole episode on <laughs> my opinion. We, we, we should, yeah. Um, but they would like, like there is stuff that I do think you do need to call. Like I would like pull a girl's jersey and try to throw her down. Like I should get called for that. Like I, I mean, I'm not gonna like. I'd be like, okay, yeah, you call me for that. I get a yellow. Fine. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I think there's like there are things that like just yeah, you're gonna touch each other and you're gonna push each other. But like when you start to get, it's very easy in the moment when you're playing to just want to like this girl's like a few steps ahead of me, I'm going to reach and just try to push, you know, and like, you can't like, come on, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, so I yeah. think there does need to be some foul yeah. calling. And I also think in the NBA, if I go to challenge a call from the ref, yeah, they cannot look at that video and change the call that they made on the floor in terms of like, so there's been times when it's like, okay, the team, it's a foul. The coach doesn't think it's a foul. Right. They go back to review it, and then they're like, oh, on further review, we realize that it's actually a flagrant foul. They shouldn't be able to do that, right? Because because they yeah. do that. And, you're, and the rep, both, ask, coaches yeah. are, both coaches are like, are you kidding me? You didn't even call that. So why? how could you just call that after? All right. Like, if you well, would have called the flagrant, I wouldn't have used my challenge. I'm not challenging a flagrant foul. I right? was challenge, right? But... Well, it's I I seen it a couple times, and I seen like some things where it's like, okay, like I get it. Yes, maybe that was what it was, but you wouldn't have caught that in the moment, nor would you have caught that if I didn't challenge it. So you shouldn't be able to like escalate a call. They did another one with it was a Dallas and and Golden State game. Oh yeah, it was Dallas's ball. It went to some type of timeout happened. The referee called them back. So Dallas is at the other end of the court. They give the ball to Golden State and let Dallas Golden State score a basket because Dallas is at the other end on the offensive end, right? Because they think the ball is theirs. That that to me is like... But normally what refs do when they see something like that, they'll blow the whistle again and make sure everybody knows whose ball it is. Right, right, right. Gave the ball to Golden State. They scored their free basket. Would have would have been nothing had Dallas not lost by two points. You know, you know what I mean? They lost yeah, by yeah. two points. So they, they're gonna protest that whole game. But what happens when you protest the game? You can't take a win away from Golden State. You can't you're not, yeah, there's nothing like what you know, that shit happens all the time. Like they like and that's what that's when you have to like wonder about the refereeing when stuff like that happens. You're like Come on, like, and but at the same time, people make mistakes. Like, so, it, so somebody was saying a good idea would be you have a fourth referee, he's not on the court, but he's sitting in NFL. That's, I mean, they, they, yeah, sitting above. So he's, and they call the down, they're like, hey, you fucked up. Yeah, like he's sitting there. They make the call. If it's a call on the floor, if the, like if it's a call that they've made that's not that call, they can interrupt and be like, "No, that's not the call." We can see right here. We have all the replays here. We can see it. 
confer the rest because I, I I get it. The players and especially hockey's a little bit different because Okay. Okay, you're on a roll. <laughs> Keep yeah. going. So like <laughs> the NHL. So I'm talking about here, the yeah. So like the NHL, you've got offsides and stuff, so it slows the game down a little bit, right? But like some of it, man, it just it just kills me. It kills yeah. me some of the calls that happen in these games. Like it, yeah, it kills me because it's like, come on, like you guys are making these calls. I get why you have to make these calls, but man, come on. And then, you know, the calls that don't get made, as my father says, everyone travels in the NBA. <laughs> my dad is very old school. And so, you know, he that is that is absolutely right. He's he's he is correct. And he's like traveling. Everything's traveling. And also, you know, he's he's still upset about the three point line because he claims the NBA oh. was better before the three point line. Yeah, and, because who's going to take that shot? It's a crazy shot. Yeah, he's he's like he he has very strong opinions about the three point line. And so, you know, when we were around my dad, it's like, how long are we going to go before we hear that the three point line ruined the game, which is <laughs> made it 24 hours before. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is. And uh, uh, yeah, he, he complains about that. And I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to start complaining about the new baseball rules. And we'll okay, see. So speaking about rules, what is going on with baseball? I'm kind of excited about this. I'm. Oh, now your video went out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. A little bit of technical difficulties there. Technical difficulties. You know how it goes. You were saying but baseball. What's going on? We so, uh, should be good now. We should be good. I just want to say I saw commercials for the new rules in baseball. Like they actually made commercials being like, this is like going to make the game better and more fun and faster and like explaining the rules. And I wanted yes. to say a lot of people probably didn't even know like the rule now where you have to have two infielders on each side of the field. Like most people probably didn't even like that a very casual baseball fan would not necessarily have known that they like, the strategy with like different batters. Oh, they move them around and all that. Like the, the infield around. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess baseball fans would have noticed that, but like, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's, um, I get it. You want to make the game a little bit faster. Right. But then, Again, when it's things that you that you do to change the f the fabric of something, then yeah. it it hurts all of the accolades that you try to pin against the player. Now, would this player have as much home runs if there wasn't a speed clock? So the pitcher has to make quicker decisions. Or that like, changes right. everything. Or like the stolen base stuff. Like, okay, yeah. the bases are bigger now. Does that mean you're gonna like so like once you make that change, it's gonna is it gonna be easier to get a stolen base? There's also another rule about stolen bases too, or something that is gonna make it easier for stealing bases. 
Cause they're like, so like say a player has like more stolen bases now after this rule change, well, you can't really compare that to like the previous stats, right? Like it's sort of like, Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's sort of like there's some debate with um, LeBron's point uh, uh, scoring record. And, you know, he surpassed Kareem's uh, scoring record. However, Kareem played in the NBA before the three-point line. So should it actually be how many shots made versus points scored? So I have a couple things about this whole LeBron James point thing. Okay. It's, it's one, um, yeah, you have to account for they have. We're they just have, jumping around here from baseball back to basketball. And well, this is sports. It's supposed but it's to be sports and it's, it's relevant in what, yeah. you know, we're talking about. So you have a three point line for LeBron's credit. He's not the biggest three point. He's not, yeah. He's not a huge three point shooter. Right. And also the other calls that are, that are, that are in the NBA now, clear path fouls so that LeBron shoot the three through, um, Right. The format that the playoffs used to be in. The first rounds used to be best of five and then best of seven. Now they're just best of seven. That's true. So he's actually played more games. Played more games. He's played more games than any superstar that you consider a superstar also, in the he, NBA. He didn't play like how like he entered the NBA when he was 18 versus when did when did Kareem Abdul Jabbar enter the NBA? Somebody. He went to college, though. Yeah, he so went he to college. So he had a shorter career. Yeah, LeBron's had the longest career. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, there's a lot of factors. I mean, listen, it's still super impressive, and he still did beat the record. So fine, the scoring record. Uh, but yeah, it's still an incredible feat. It's yeah, like that's not to take away anything. It's just that like there are things that make it different and maybe there were things in this nba that made it harder like maybe the competition's a little fiercer like he you know maybe you know so uh, you know he didn't have a magic johnson to play with really i mean Kyrie. that's another thing too he never had like i mean he played with Dwayne wade kareem was not going to sacrifice his points for magic that never happened magic had to give kareem the ball yep until kareem was hurt and then magic just won a championship and kareem was hurt right that's the only reason that he scored right so like so lebron you know yeah he had to pass the ball he had to give the ball to Kyrie or Dwayne wade or and i and and also like you know to lebron's credit Every team tried to get a player that could stop you. And you had to go against stopping them. I mean, like, it wasn't like that in the NBA for a Michael Jordan or a Magic no. Johnson. It was like whoever you drafted, you just the players just played. Yeah. This NBA structured like, okay, we keep using losing to Giannis in the playoffs. We need to go find a Giannis stopper. Yeah. Right. It's like way the, more strategic yeah. in how they build their teams. 
Like the only reason that OG Ananobi is so valuable in the NBA is because he can guard a LeBron, he can guard a Giannis, he can guard a KD. He's not going to score stop them from scoring twenty, but it's going to be a hard twenty. Yeah. Right. Except cool. you know, it's just like. Well, you see what the Cavs did with, you know, in building their roster for this year. They knew they needed a player, a, a, a super, a certain type of superstar caliber player. They went and got that player, right? They got what, what who they, they of who was available that was they could get. They they did that, you know, and it worked for them, right? Yeah. So far, like it's it's like there's no doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. So, Cavs are in. You know, Cavs are in for sure. I think they can win their first round matchup, maybe their second. They should they should be able to get at least the as, first. As long as they don't have to play Miami in the first round. I don't want to I don't want them yeah, to play. Miami's washed up, man. They can't even play them, they're playing themselves. Man. They they but Miami, like if Miami could be I just think Miami Miami is tougher. And then and if the Knicks get hot, if they because they're either gonna play the Knicks. Cool. Or Brooklyn. Yeah. So when I look at the Maybe East, Miami. When I look at the East, if the Knicks I get, wor- I worry about the Sixers. The Sixers are going to win. Celtics and the Cavs. Those are the top three tier teams, and the Bucks. Four. The Bucks. Those, those four teams. Yeah. They should be the four teams at the end of it, right? For they sure. Should. Right. Should. Problem the, here comes where the juggling of the problem comes from. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, no matter where you land first round, you have to hope that you don't have to play the Raptors in the second round because they feel that they have your number. You don't want to play a team that thinks they, they could beat you. There, there's a couple teams that have their, and I think that this is my thing. I think Miami is one of the teams. New York also. I think the Knicks are a little bit like they they potentially have the Cavs number like they've the the Knicks the Cavs have had trouble with Miami the Knicks and the Sixers they've beat Boston they've beat the Bucks the rat they've had trouble with the Raptors too um if the Raptors are healthy they've had trouble yeah. with them so there's a it's, it's yeah, matchups for sure to see which teams they've had trouble with and they're not necessarily yeah. the best teams like they can beat Boston they can beat the Bucs. I think uh, the Sixers. Uh, they can't. Yeah. I don't. I think that. I don't think they're going to beat them. Because Joel Embiid is a, is is he like okay? That Unless is, somebody he, else he, beats the Sixers, the Cavs aren't going to beat them. Yeah. I, my, I I hate to say that as a fan. And you're right. Cool. The Raptors do have the Cavs number. Like the the Raptors could give the Cavs trouble. And for me, Boston isn't that great of a team either because they're no, they get beat. They get beat by the worst teams as well. Boston's so, um, but the Cavs beat Boston. I think they only lost to them once. Yeah, they, they beat them a bunch of times. And like, so the Cavs when the Cavs beat the Raptors, I was like, yo, that game. I'm like, you guys have to win this game. You guys cannot yeah. go another game of having the Raptors beat you guys. And Mitchell, you do not let them shut you down. Oh yeah, yeah. Hard the ball. Push, foul, punch, Whatever. doesn't matter. Win this game because psychologically did, but... it will crush you yeah. to know that this team beat you four times and they're not healthy. Yeah. So I don't like I don't like the Knicks. The Knicks are, are I don't think the Knicks I'm okay. Listen, the Knicks are in the playoffs. They can get hot. They can get yeah. hot, but I don't Any think they're great. I don't, I don't think they're a great team. No, they're not, but they're they still some like the, the 
like certain teams have had trouble against them. And I just think Miami, yes, I agree that Miami is old and they're a bit washed up, but like Jimmy Butler is still good. And there's still like other good players on Miami. Like I, I like I'm a bit of a like, I don't know if I would say I'm a Miami fan, but I'm a bit partial to them for whatever reason. I think like I like them as a team and like I just feel I don't know. They're they're a it'd be a good game. It'd be a good series. Um, but yeah, I mean in the end, I think the Cavs could pull it out just because they're younger and healthier, but Miami's got a lot of experience and we'll see. Here's my thing about Miami. Does does Miami have a lot of experience? Yeah. No. No, you did. I think they do. No, Miami only has one player on that team and their coach, and Udonis Haslam that sits at the end of the bench that's been to the finals. No, it wasn't. Jimmy Butler has never been to the finals. We beat Jimmy Butler to go to the final, to go to the conference finals. The Raptors beat the Sixers. No, but in the bubble, weren't in the bubble they went to the finals against the Lakers. The bubble yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> the bubble was in Florida. They were like basically at home. Bubble doesn't count. <laughs> so okay, the bubble counts. Okay. That's not. I'm it counts. But it the counts. thing about the bubble is, okay, I see your actually, point. Like, like. When home court becomes something, traveling becomes a part of the game. Like those things, like okay. can't be won consistently. Like Miami hasn't won consistently. They I'll, I'll give been, you that. I agree. I'll give you that. Like you guys, when they went in, they went and said, "Hey Raptors, could we have Kyle Lowry? We need a point guard so we can win consistently." And Kyle Lowry has not been well. He's anything close to consistent. The, he's, the, he's, here, old. The, he's old and hurt. I mean, here's the thing. And he's Kyle now like Lowry living right in now? Florida. He's the like same, enjoying life. The same Kyle Lowry player right now as he plays right now. If he was playing here, we'd be a top four team in the conference for sure. Yeah. I mean, but also like I feel like he's in Florida. He's like, you know, now living in warm weather. He just he's enjoying life. And, you know. He 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 put in. He's like I put in my time in freezing cold Toronto. Now I'm gonna live in Florida and sit on the beach and maybe practice. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> I'm, I'm making assumptions. I I don't know if that's really what I think. A lot of it. I think that's I what think I would be thinking. I I think there are some. There, they assumed that Lowry was like the end all be all to Toronto's championship. Just like they assumed like. Kawhi was the reason that the Raptors won. Well, so they went and they built, like, you know, the Clippers say, okay, let's make him an offer. He can't refuse. It's LA one, two. We can offer some side stuff for his family and whatever. It's, it's, but he's it's not more winning. than that. It's the dynamic. If you look, I think the Cavs actually are a great example of this. Every, when Donovan Mitchell was going to come to Cleveland, everyone's like, well, we'll see how he does because he doesn't play defense. Somehow, JB Bickerstaff or whoever got Donovan Mitchell to play defense. Like he's playing defense somewhat now. And like Jared Allen, another one who would have thought Jared Allen was the difference maker, but he is like, I, I he, think, yeah. And, and, and something like, I hate, I hate that they do. I hate when they say like a player can't play defense. These are NBA players. They can play defense. They can play defense. They're just choosing not to. And the teams that they play on don't play good defense. Right. So the Jazz weren't a good defensive team. They would just funnel everything to Gobert and he'd block everything. Right. 
it's not good defense. No. Right? Like, so, like, so for me, like, Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, those guys follow the same thing. They're not bad defenders. They're just not, they're, they're good team defenders. Like, if the team around them is good defenders, they can cover their position. Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, people just always have this, like, oh, these guys are bad at defense. And I'm like, no, they're not bad at defense, man. It's like, you guys are making the wrong assumption about you. Well, you still have to create the team. And another LeBron is actually in, and now he's old, and I don't know what's going on in LA because LeBron is actually quite good at this. LeBron can make mediocre players excellent. He's very yeah. good at, at, at whatever he does. I mean, and he's always been like this. He was like this in high school. Um, he can make people around him excel and he like the way players can fit into their roles and I think the Raptors team that won the championship had a very cohesive team that was put together that all the parts worked and you have to have good that requires good coaching good front office management and this is why the Knicks the Knicks I'm surprised they're doing well now because the Knicks have a terrible front office um, and ownership, like terrible. Uh, and usually like they, they, they can't, they're, they're player killers. Like they can't put together a good cohesive team. And that's why they just kind of falter a lot. So we'll so, see what's going on with them now. Maybe that they've it's overcome still, It's it. still the worst. It's yeah. still the worst. You're telling me that you guys have basically essentially shut down Derrick Rose to not play. Yeah. Like, that's a big front office miss. You guys, yeah. yeah, I get it. You guys have other players, but come on. It's going to be the playoffs. That is a playoff player that's yeah. not going to be ready for the playoffs because he's not playing. Yeah. Right? You're you not, fit, like, what, what are you doing that's like, so some teams you have to ask that question, like, what are you doing that, is is you know not working as far as creating this cohesive team and i think certain teams i think the raptors like will get it together eventually but the raptors are good at creating a cohesive team cleveland has been good at that whether lebron is there or not um there's some other teams like the lakers have been terrible at it in recent years like they just can't get their team you know, some of these big market teams are supposed to be, you know, amazing or whatever. And they're just not great at getting a, a cohesive team. I don't know. I, I'm, you know, hire me to be your general manager. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I will apply for the job. I think, I think with the Lakers, the reason that the Lakers thing is so like, in disarray is because a lot of the disarray comes from the bus family disarray. Probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's where that one comes from the most. It's yeah. like, they're not even together really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then second, it comes from like, you've won so many championships. So every player, everybody, Magic Johnson comes and says, you should have this on your team. Another player is like, you should have this on you. It just gets to be like too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. And I think like 
with the Raptors, the, what's fortunate for them is you're in a uh, country all to yourself basketball-wise. Right. So there's no measure for you. doesn't matter. You just have to win, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, MLSC does a good job of, like, we make enough money to foster the ideas that 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 people would have. So yeah. if you have some ideas, we can we can foster those ideas. Yeah. But I mean, this year you could see there's a little bit of a blemish. What there's the a little tension with them this year. Because they should have a better him, record than they do. They've uh, given they've given Masai the reins. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't happy about like Masai with all that power. West. Right, so there's a lot of things, and I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of like you can go into luxury tax whenever you want, but there's he's a... not going to do it with this shitty team, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I think he looks at that like, why would I put myself in the luxury tax with these guys that aren't going to? It's not more than a first round. They're not a championship level team yet. No, that no. far. No, so they're not and, gambling that far. I think. I I do think as much as I like, you know, Masai Ujiri, I think he's great. I, I do question, and you, I've talked about this before, I think Siakam is overrated. I question, I don't know, There, you know, he can be good, but he's not always good, and I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's a tough one. So I, I don't think he's developed quite the way maybe they hoped he would have. You trade Siakam, he's going to burn you somewhere else. Yeah, I agree with that because he can get on a team that like yeah. fits yeah. a little better. Yeah, and... and he's and the one thing I like about him, he doesn't care about being the man. Doesn't matter. That's true. He about the play, so That's you kind of want those players. The only thing is at what cost. Yeah, and so I don't. I just... But he's a hundred million dollar guy in a league where the hundred million dollar guy is the second best player. Yeah. So. Like so everybody, yeah, anybody player. that scores 20 points can get a hundred million dollars in today's NBA. Right. So I think, do I think the Raptors trade him? If you get, if Scotty Barnes game grows from how it is this year yeah. and he gets a little bit more aggressive and his 25 start coming constantly, then you have to look at, okay, can we keep, can they play together? And, and, he is going to, I think he is going to, listen. The, he, he's a superstar. He's, he's a superstar. superstar. He was, yeah. it's just going to take a couple more years. If you look at like these young players, like same with Evan Mobley, because people complain about Evan Mobley and they say he's, they're like, is he going to develop and this and that. And like, and now the end of the season, he's like really playing well. I was like, yeah, he's going to be amazing in another year or two. And Scotty Barnes, I think is similar. Like they're just, they're young. Yeah, they're, they're young. And they need to get a bit bigger. They need to get like play a bit more. Like it's just going to take a couple of years, I and then they're going to be fire. Just um, the Raptors have they're in the, the middle. They're in the worst yeah. position to be as a, as a franchise. Yeah, they're, they're the just packed record wise. You're in the middle. They're not going to tank. Yeah, you can't. You're too. You're but too you're not a shoe in for the playoffs now with and, the play in. Yeah. With a plan, you'll make it, but you, then you're going to just draft in, like, top 10, maybe. Right, right. And then at that point, do you give up a player to move up to get a good caliber player? Or do you do right. what you've been doing for all this time, scouting properly and drafting really good players that nobody notices 
and just hope that you get one that's a good companion for Scotty Barnes. He yeah. needs a better point guard. Not saying that Van Vliet's not a, the best point guard, but Van Vliet's got a lot of mileage. He's got injuries and stuff. He's been getting hurt, yeah. I like. Well, I like, no, actually, sorry, take it back. Van Vliet needs to stop. Every time Van Vliet's wife is pregnant, his game is off. So and no more babies for him? No more babies. If you're going to be playing this game, you got to tell her after retirement to have some babies. She'll be, it'll be okay. There's a surgery for that he could yeah. do. Just get him, you know. But, but, but I mean, it happened in the playoffs when we won. Well, he's got first. like three kids now. That's fine. Right. You don't, why do so, you, you don't need more? When he had the first, one, first daughter, I think he's going to, I think, like, so when he had, I think he was playing, but he wasn't playing that great. But Larry was there, kind of took some off. The yeah. second baby was during the playoffs the year we won. And that first round, and maybe get to, up to game two of that Sixers series, he was bricking everything. Yeah. He's got, three, sudden, he's got three babies. He doesn't need any more. Just have the surgery. We, we be played done the Bucks. The baby was born, and he just went off. And then we played the yeah. Golden State. We all know. But, um, yeah, I think I, – I don't know if it's like – if taking away Siakam's touches helps grow Scotty Barnes, and if you think that it will, do you get rid of Siakam while he's at the height? He doesn't want to leave here, so I don't think that's another thing too. Like he doesn't want to leave. He's not playing horrible. He likes. So oh, do, he's he wants to be Canadian. Like he's yeah. Dumb. They, he's they he's all gonna... love him. Oh, that's the well... issue. Fred's like, where am I bringing my kids? Like they're safe here, right? Yeah. No, I think I think I think. For, and he's, you know, I'll say this is, you know, someone who's also in Toronto and American here, who's also like a Midwestern. He's from the Midwest. He grew up in somewhere in the Midwest, Illinois or whatever. And I think that what a lot of, even some Americans who who don't get this, like Toronto is a great city for a Midwestern American. It kind of feels like, yeah, you could go to Chicago. Chicago's got a lot of problems. It's equally as cold as Toronto. Um, Toronto is, it's got a, the best of a lot of worlds. And if you're a Midwestern American, it's actually pretty close to where your family is. It's part of the Great Lakes. So it's a, there's some similar cultural things, whether people realize it or not. So I can totally see why like someone like him would love Toronto. Like it, it makes sense to me because like, yeah, to it totally makes sense. It's like, it's why, you know, you see a lot of like dudes from Detroit coming up to Toronto and wanting to like live here because like, yeah, of course it's not that far. It, it just makes a lot of sense. And I think that um, sometimes people don't always realize it, but yeah. Uh, both on you know people in Toronto and people in the U.S. They're just like, what? I don't get it. But for the people that get it, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so I can see why Van Vliet wants to be here and raise his children here. And and yeah. I mean, Lowry loved it here too. Like he, yeah, Lowry was listen. His mom's. His, I I love that his mom went to the Raptors Philly game the first year that he left, and she was wearing a Raptors jersey. Yeah, she's like, I'm still still my team. Yeah, still my son's team. Yeah, I, I think his. I think he left the way I think superstars. I don't like the jump around to different team kind of game that we've got. No. And I think it's going to slow down because yeah, some like, players like I think Giannis actually, whether you like Giannis or not, um, 
I think that he actually has been good in that way. Because Giannis could have moved. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie to you. The day that they fire Mark Budenhauser, which let them start losing and they'll look for somebody. The day he leaves, Giannis will leave. Oh, okay. You think that that's the... Yeah, I think he's tied to... Yeah, I think he's tethered that way. I think he doesn't... He wouldn't want anybody else to tell him what to do, except someone that's been telling him and turning him into a champion. I get that. It's the same thing with, like, Jordan and Phil Jackson. Jordan was like, yo, if he's not coaching the Bulls, I'm out of here. Right? Like, you know, he went to the Lakers after. Jordan could have went to the Lakers after, but he was just like, nah, it's, it's too much. But... yeah. I think like, yeah, I think, you know, Steph Curry, like these guys are just, you, you live and die with, with your team. Yeah, that's another one. Right? Yeah, he's. And then when you live and die with the team, you force the hand of like the ownership. You have a oh. lot more power in a way. Like I think Le- LeBron is such an interesting case study because he jumped well, around so much. And I think, you know, you could question like, did he he lose some of his influence by doing that? I think LeBron. But maybe LeBron's on another level, so it doesn't matter. He influenced the game to do what he's doing. I think that's the that's the tough part, because that's true. He didn't really like he had a like he left during free agency the first time. Well, I would disagree. I would actually say it was the Celtics and Kevin Garnett and that. Okay, so here's the thing: that did that. I don't count the Celtics, and I don't count LeBron's first move as. Okay. The team up moves because um Kevin Kevin Garnett, like that one, those are built off of free agency. Nobody demanded trades. It happened on the offseason when no. things like that. Well now happen. we've got buyouts. But now the buy but the, the <laughs> part that kills me is like when it's a good player, I wanna leave in the middle of a season, not Kevin Durant. Kyrie, I'm talking about you here. Well, Kyrie is right to I leave mean, in the middle of the season. In Dallas now, Kyrie. and then oh, they're, but they're out of the playoffs right now. Kyrie but needs a good. I, I I don't like the. I get it. Players should be empowered to move where they want to. If you feel your team is not doing what it can to put you in a winning position, yeah. sure. Like, don't tank just to get a superstar for me. Like, I don't want that. I wouldn't want that. Right, but no. I feel like there's it. Like LeBron's situation is so unique because he like once superstars started making more money when he was in Miami, there's no way all three of them could have stayed together for their career no. and possibly couldn't afford it. No. So eventually they'd have to move on. Well, when he came back to Cleveland, I was like, okay, perfect. You're gonna this is where you're gonna stay now because I can't believe he didn't retire in Cleveland. You could stay here. Right, this team is built. I bet he's kicking himself now, watching them play. I know he's kicking himself because he's probably like, "I would love to play with these guys." Well, well, the wildest thing is like, but Cleveland would not take him back. Dan Gilbert, the owner, is so done with LeBron. He's so he's like, I put in my time with. Yeah, like I think he came back and gave Dan Gilbert the championship that he should have gave Cleveland. Right, he did that. That's why he went back. Yeah, but what happens when LeBron moves from team to team like that? is it like galvanizes one side like one side gets lebron they have to trade like the whole team and then you have to rebuild oh yeah you have to rebuild then when he leaves 
You're left with nothing. You're left with massive. Okay. And I respect what LeBron did because he got these guys like good contracts. He went to bat for his teammates. And I was like, I respect that all day because I think that's really important. And he didn't want to be like, he wanted, I think it was good, but then he left and you were stuck with Tristan Thompson with a massive con Kevin love with a massive contract. And then you're like, you're stuck with these guys that like really could only play with LeBron and you've got to do something, uh, you know? So like it, 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 it was a bit, it was rough. It was rough to de- have to deal with that. And, you know, what, like, and LeBron, I, I kind of get the decision he made. I feel like he made a decision not about playing basketball, but about his family and his sons. Um, And at the end of the day, was that yeah, but, the best? But, 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 I, and, you know, I don't know. You can't, someone makes a decision for their family. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's I, what. I, I, I think my thing is like, everybody's now copying you. Right. But I don't think they all, I think that, that like you said, I think that will, sl- I agree with you that it'll slow down. Cause I think some players are like, nah, actually that's not what I want to do. I want to stay and play with this coach. You know, I want to stay and play in these facilities with this team, you know, this off front office with this medical staff with like, you know, I, I think when you have a good situation in the NBA, not just in terms of winning championships or anything, but you, you have, you know, like in Toronto, you and Cleveland, you have good facilities, you have good management. Like, why are you going to yeah. necessarily leave that? See, like, yeah, go see, like, play Cle- in New York on the Knicks. No yeah. way. Like, see, like with Cleveland, Cleveland is, Cleveland is. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the GM that's in Cleveland now is a product of. San Antonio somehow, I, right? I, I think he. I think either he was under somebody at San Antonio. Oh no, right. sorry. He was under. I think the GM. So, yeah, the GM was in San Antonio. So I think he's with Cleveland now. He was either the 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 junior GM or something in their yeah. organization. The GM that's in San Antonio was the under Masai. Masai was under, so they all are under that umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Boonhauser is from the staff from from the Spurs. Like all these winning teams and winning cultures, all are from Greg Popovich's web, right? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't. So know you start that. to see all these teams start to turn around with more of a team culture. They that all come from that same like web, where it's like they don't need the superstar. That makes a lot of sense. That's they, that they, I did not they know. They build that. within, and if a superstar gets disgruntled, they'll grab them in. Like Donovan Mitchell, that was a perfect thing for Cleveland. Oh, and, well, and, and people were talking about like he was going to go to New York. He would have been out of his mind to go to the Knicks and not Cleveland. So here's a crazy. But like anyone who would have talked to him, yeah, I yeah. would have talked to him and been like, "Don't go to New the Knicks. You're gonna so, you're you're not gonna. Yeah. It's gonna be terrible for you. Go to Cleveland." Yeah. Like, and the funny part is like. Cleveland didn't really give anything up for him. No. So it was between basically like I mean the, the Raptors were gonna give up OG, right? And some and some shit. I wouldn't have, yeah. And then Messiah was kind of like, eh, why would we give up the guy that guards everybody? Yeah, no. To have this guy guard all of our guys. 
So, but again, it's it, it's the NBA is so funny like that because I don't think he would have been as good going to any other team but Cleveland. No, it was perfect because they have great players, but you're a superstar, so you yeah. transcend above the great players. I think the Raptors don't have they have great players, but there's no superstar. There's no guy that you see get that ball on the court and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Besides Siakam's spin swirl move, <laughs> that's that's now McFlurry. Hey, <laughs> I I'm, I hey, I I can't knock the hustle, man. Okay. It's a great awesome. McFlurry. We we are running out of time. Yes. So we will be back next week to talk more about this. And um, yeah, we're down to we're down to the to single digit games left in the NBA too. I think we'll be yeah. Last and you so. know we will know. Playoff seating. We'll know some more. We'll know that and we'll know some March Madness. Will it be done or no? It'll no, no, we'll be uh we'll be so we'll mention that in the beginning Monday, for like so. five minutes and then talk about the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we will see you next week. And yeah, yeah stay tuned for more. Yeah.